It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome, everybody, to Money for Lunch. It's always, always good to have you here. I am excited. Uh, this is obviously uh, Thanksgiving holidays are upon us. Uh, the end of the year is just a few weeks away. It's crazy. Uh, but I'm hoping that you guys are going to be able to spend some time with the ones that you love on Thanksgiving holiday. It's uh, it's a wonderful time. And it we have a lot to be thankful for in America. It's not perfect, but uh, I don't believe any place is, right? So I think that we have a lot going on. I think that, um, uh, what do you call it, there's a lot to be grateful for, and we're going to, um, what do you call it, and it's, bottom line is, the holidays, Thanksgiving holidays is a great time to remind us of that. So here is uh, something that I got a tip from somebody uh, the other day. So, you know, it's very uh, common in a lot of Thanksgiving uh dinners that people go around the table and they say what they're thankful for, right? And so uh, this year, try this. Pick somebody in at the dinner table and tell them what you're grateful for them. What Maybe they've done something special. Maybe it's their personality. Maybe it's their optimism. Maybe it's their willingness to serve. Find somebody at the table, and and maybe you can, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, let them know what they've done that you're thankful for. Kind of a different little twist on that. All right, we're going to get started momentarily. Today on the show, we have the one, the only Norm Blumenthal, and he is uh, one of America's most trusted labor attorney. He works for consumers as well as the um, working class stiffs like you and I. So um, we're, he's going to be joining us shortly. Um, but first, the quote of the day. The quote of the day is, you were created to succeed. does not mean that life will be handed to you. It doesn't mean that life is going to necessarily be easy. But overall, you were created to succeed. Keep that in mind. All righty. Let's get this party started. Let's see. I... I I apologize. All of a sudden, my teleprompter went goofy on me. Let's see. Hold on one second, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Let's see. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Gotcha. All right. As I mentioned earlier, I'm being joined by Norm Blumenthal. Norm Blumenthal is was recognized as a super lawyer in Southern California. And as I mentioned earlier, he's also recognized as one of America's most trusted labor lawyers. He helps consumers as well as working class stiffs like you and I. Norm Blumenthal, welcome back to Money for Lunch. Great to be back, Bert, and we're going to the Thanksgiving holiday. Like you said, we have a lot to be thankful for. We have uh, full employment. Uh, we have uh, 7 million jobs that are not filled. 
that can be filled. We have uh, stock market going up. Uh, but there's uh, still things that we need to work on in our adversary system that we have here. And, um, to, you know, the, just so we, we know where we're starting from, remember, uh, we're going into an election year now. And uh, we, people have to make decisions. This is the time where you decide who you're going to work for uh, in the election and who you're going to vote for in the election. That's for sure. And so we know that the uh, Republicans are pro-management. I think we all can agree on that. And we know that the Democrats are pro-labor. We all can agree on that. And we know that the Supreme Court is pro-management. I think we can agree on that. And that is <laughs> as a result of the Supreme Court being uh, majority Republican and pro-management, uh, we have basically taken away all the rights of employees in this country. I mean, it's just that simple. I, I don't want to, um, you know, mince any words with you, but as a result of the arbitration agreements um, in, in everywhere uh, but California, um, the employees have no right to, to uh, join together to uh, prosecute a claim against their employer. So as a result, as we've talked about before, it's easier to steal a dollar from a million people than a million dollars from one person. And, say, and that holds true as a result of arbitration. <clears throat> the company can now divide and conquer <clears throat> excuse me, all its employees so that if they have a labor force of, of even only 100 or 200, they can now, if one brings a, uh, an action, he cannot represent everybody else for the same um, abuse. In other words, the employer decides not to pay, not to uh, uh, give pay for rest breaks, or he decides not to give you lunch breaks, or he uh, does right. not pay you for overtime, or you know, basically he's not paying for your workers' comp. He's not pay, uh, paying for other um, disability insurance. Well, it used to be that that employee employee could go to an attorney, hire an attorney, and he could represent all the employees in the company in what's called a class action. The Supreme Court has taken that away from everybody. You can no longer join together to bring a class action. Uh, you're stuck with bringing your own action. The employee says, okay, I'll just pay this one guy. So, you know, it, it's not going to cost me much because I'm saving thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars a year by abusing all my other employees and cheating to compete. And I cheat, cheat the community, and I cheat my competitors because I'm dishonest, and, and he has no fear because we know the market in, in work is created by fear and greed. When a company has no fear of, of retribution, all it has left is greed. And that's what we're faced right. with and, now. And I, want to, and I want to interject this. I want to interject this. If you think to yourself that this is, uh, couldn't happen in America, we have a whole history of companies abusing their employees. Uh, I mean, you've got to remember, at one point, we had children chained to machines uh, here in our country. And if you think that, hey, this is now, you know, uh, and we're more enlightened, we don't do that anymore. It happens all the time, and this is why they make these agreements, and this is why they lobby to change the rules or change the laws. Anyway, I just want to interject that. 
Yeah, no, you're 100% right, and and because and it's getting worse and worse and worse. The uh, there was just a decision handed down by the Ninth Circuit following a Supreme Court decision that it used to be at least you had a if you were uh, if your company was cheating you under its ERISA plan. It's called a breach of fiduciary duty, whereby it was getting kickbacks from the uh, um, ERISA plan's um, administrator. You could still bring a class action up until a few weeks ago, and you could sue the the employer, your employer, for breach of fiduciary duties as a class action. The courts just took that away. So it, it it gets worse and worse and worse for the employee, and the the rights that you have as an employee are being lost, uh, except as I said at the beginning in California. California is the only state where there's still an even playing field, and why is that? Because we have the Private Attorney General Act in California, uh, because the, there was a budget crisis uh, back in the um, in the early uh, 2000s. They allowed um, uh, people that were cheated by their employer to bring an action on behalf of the state for penalties. And these penalty provisions are onerous. And what they ended up happening is, and it's not subject to being a class action, it's not subject to arbitration, it's the state of California bringing the action. So in California, you can still bring these group group actions on behalf of all the aggrieved employees. And this is a tremendous benefit in California that doesn't exist in the rest of the country. And why does it exist in California and and nowhere else? Because California is a deep blue state. It's a deep democratic state. It has um, um, a democratic legislature, a democratic governor, and it has it's 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 bulletproof. I mean, you can't. It it has a supermajority, two thirds. So. It can, it can pass anything, and that's what, what what the difference is. And so, what's happening in the in the rest of the states? We, we just saw in New Jersey, for example. In New Jersey, basically, they're suing the gig economy. As I like to say, the gig is up. And in in the other states, the only thing that's that they have is it Uber and Lyft and all these other gig economy companies. They hire people, but they hire them as what's called independent contractors. And what that means is that the company doesn't have to pay the employer's share of payroll taxes. It doesn't have to pay workers' compensation insurance. It doesn't have to pay for disability insurance. It doesn't have to pay take withholding taxes. And it ends up the states, the rest of these states are all being cheated by the gig economy because, in fact, no one's paying these taxes. The um, the Uber driver gets hurt and go and wants to have coverage for workers' comp. It doesn't exist. The Uber driver doesn't pay the employer's share of payroll taxes. He doesn't pay his share of income taxes. He doesn't, and he's stuck with paying for the cost of his car, for the cost of gasoline, and uh, he's paying. You know, you end up getting paid net less than minimum wage if you paid for all these other things. So in in New Jersey, they brought a lawsuit against Uber for failure to collect these taxes in the tune of $687 million. So $649 million. And so that is the only tool that's left in these states right now 
to protect employees, which is not a good tool because it doesn't really collect anything for the individuals. It just collects right. penalties for the state that, that they're out the money. So this is right. what we're up against. Now, well, and, and if, I want to I want to say this. Look, look, there there is there is a lot to be said about the gig economy. I think it is it has helped a lot of people. However, when as you pointed out, when you have individuals who are being labeled as independent when they're truly not independent, because if you're a Lyft driver or you're an Uber driver and some of these guys drive for both. It's not like, you know, you are forbidden, for example, uh, you can't give your business card to your clients in the back seat and say, call me if you ever need a, a ride. You know, that would be truly independent, but that's against the rules for either Lyft or Uber. And if they catch you doing that, they fire you. Uh, on top of that, if, if you turn down a certain amount of rides, then you get less uh, rides. So they're not truly independent, uh, they're, you know, and, and that's really what this is all about if, is to correct this misclassification and, and, and let these people know that, hey, you're, you're not truly independent, and therefore you can't treat them like that. Right, and, and it's, it's the, the solutions are really simple. If Uber or Lyft or any of these DoorDash or any of these other companies want to truly be a, a gig company, which is they connect – uh, a driver with a, a customer, then they should be hiring out to livery companies that have 10, 20, 30 drivers for them and, and putting them on the road and let the livery company uh, handle the employee uh, taxes and, and all the other uh, issues that come with, with ha having these drivers as employees. That would be a way to do it that would, they would be out of the livery business they would be just the connection business, which they claim they are, which isn't true because they have all these right. drivers that are actually working uh, for them. Or in the alternative, if they're going to keep these drivers, they have to treat them as employees, give them a minimum wage, a living wage, and, and, take all, and give them reimbursement for their car expenses that when they use their car and when they're on, on duty. And, it's, and you can have a simple system where – People can call in and say, okay, I think I want to work today for a couple hours. Fine. Then Uber can put them on, on the payroll then for those hours and give them the assignments that they have as they come in. So it's, it's, it's that simple. It can be fixed. But right now, what we're living in an economy is where people can't live on minimum wage. The federal minimum wage is $7.25. Nobody can live on, on $7.25 an hour. Anywhere in the country, we need. You can't live. Of, I, I don't think you can live. I don't think you can live in this country for fifteen bucks an hour. I don't know that you can either. But there's there's helpful tools that the government could put in. The earned income ta tax credit. Okay, we all pay income taxes. At, you know, that's just the way it goes for for people that are making above a, a certain amount. Well, I, what they right. should be doing is this earned income tax credit. If you make less than $50,000 a year, you know, you're going to end up paying your, uh, your 
Social Security and your Medicare, you know, there's things that you can't get away from. But income taxes, if you make less than $50,000 a year or a couple making less than $100,000 a year, you shouldn't be paying any income taxes. You need that extra money, and it's called an uh, earned income tax credit. They have it now, but at a lower level. And so that at $15 an hour, if you can keep all that, virtually keep all of that money to live on, you're going to spend it, which is going to keep the economy going. So you might as well let these people keep it and spend it and and work in the economy. That would be good. Those are things that the uh, federal government and only the federal government can do. But it's never going to happen under the Republicans because we're in an adversary system. The Republicans represent management. I respect that. I mean, that's just part of the adversary system. But the sad part of it is, is the people in the labor force are being convinced by management to continue to vote for Republicans. And this is the existential threat to labor is the voting power of the people that are going to vote against their best interests. And California has proven that when the people get together and vote in favor of their best interest, they can have the best of all worlds. They can get a minimum wage of $15. They can have an earned income uh, tax credit. They can have protection even in the face of a Republican uh, Supreme Court through the Private Attorney General Act to keep an even playing field so companies can't cheat to compete. Otherwise, it's open season on labor. And that's what we're facing across the country as a result of a Republican administration in the White House and in the Senate still. That has to change, and it has to change across the board if, if people are going to expect to have a living wage. I mean, if a, a CEO of a company is making $200 million a year or, you know, or 50, even at $50 million a year, before they do that, they – Everybody in the company should at least be making a living wage, which is $15 an hour in this country right now across, across the country just to get started with an earned income tax credit. All those laws could come into effect with the Democratic president and the Democratic uh, Senate and House. Those are the kind of laws that can be passed that will put more money into labor's pocket. And, and so that is really where push comes to shove in this election. That's the most, second most important issue. The first most important issue, obviously, is climate change. That's an existential threat to all of us, whether Republicans or Democrats. But the second is labor and, and the ability of labor to make the kind of money that they should make for the work they do and while management um, it, it comparatively makes great money, but in, in comparison to the workforce, at least at the bottom, you have to pick up people. It's not a minimum wage if you're working for a big company and the uh, uh, CEO is making $50 million a year. Before he can make that kind of money, at least the, the lowest guy in the totem pole should be making a living wage, $15 an hour. I mean, that Absolutely. seems fair. Look. It, it, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a. Uh, what do you call it? It shouldn't be a political issue for a human being to be able to put food on their table. You shouldn't. You know, it's just like I don't understand how it became a a party issue about education, 
Uh, and again, I don't understand why uh, people who on the surface seem to be intelligent and good human beings somehow can turn a blind eye to giving people a livable wage. There's, there's nothing there, there's, you know, that should not be a political issue. That should just, you know, if somebody's doing, if somebody's doing a good job for you, you should pay them a good wage. That, that's all. It's, it's just decent. And I, I understand what you're saying. But go back to the fact, Bert, that it's an adversary system. And I assume that you're the CEO, everybody out there, you're the CEO of a company. And you have your obligation to your shareholders. It's a capitalist system we live in. And if you're the CEO of the company, well, you're going to try to get as much as you can for yourself. I respect that, too. But at the same time, if you come in and say, I want to raise everybody's wages to a living wage at the bottom – and the, the board of directors are going to say, well, before you do that, just check the door on your way out and make sure it's locked <laughs> because you're going to be fired. And that's what happens because that's the system we live in. And so only laws can protect us. But just like you talked about yeah. child labor laws, the turn of the last century, children were, were going to work instead of staying in school because they needed to put food on the table of their family. And they pass child labor laws, and there's still Republicans in this country that think child labor laws are unconstitutional. They can only be done by the state, not by the federal government. There's still that that battle's not over yet. There's still people that talk about that. Yeah, as hard as it is to believe. Remember, we have seven million jobs in this country that aren't filled, and how they're going to be filled is is a, is a question for a later later topic of conversation. But you know, with climate change coming. There's going to be a migration from the equator, equatorial area into the, uh, out of it to north and south. And the migration is going to be huge unless we do something about climate change and we do it now. And if you think people are worried about immigration now, just hold on to your hats for the, the amount of immigration that's going to be 10 years from now. But when people can't work in the equator area because it's 120 degrees during the day and you can't go outside to work and crops won't grow. That's when really the rubber is going to meet the road because we're ignoring climate change on the one hand and we're going to end up with this migration. We're not paying a living wage for people that are already here so they can continue to grow and prosper. And we're not giving education uh, at a, at a base, basically at a low enough price uh, in, in most of the of the states, so that people can go to school in California, you want to go to a trade school, a community college school after high school. It's virtually free. You pay a, a very nominal uh, tuition, and if you then want to switch over to, after two years to public colleges, it's it's you can switch over again with a, a lower tuition than you know anywhere else in the country into the the best known the best public school college education in the world is in California. And all it is is because we have laws here to protect people. And so, you know, your idea of pe- that people are going to be generous, unfortunately, in a capitalist system, it just doesn't work that way because we're in this adversary system and we're in a system where management has a duty to its shareholders to uh, right. you know increase profits so which is, i respect that but it's fear and greed you know capitalist system works on greed that's what it is that i'm mm-hmm. going to put the 
competitor out of business and make as much money as possible. And if there's no fear, there's no reason for him not to cheat to compete. So you have to put fear into the system. And fear only comes in with with legislation that's enforceable. The fact that there may be laws protecting uh, employers in the in the other 49 states in this country uh, that would normally protect them if they had the number of bureaucrats that could enforce it, it doesn't mean anything because you can't bring class actions. There's not enough people to enforce it, and there's not the Private Attorney General Act to allow attorneys, private attorneys, to enforce it. So in these other states, they're just stuck with this system that the only thing left is is that the state can sue for back for unpaid taxes uh, for the gig economy is an example of where they're doing that. So this is this is really, yeah. a, and that's why this election is so important coming up, and you know we're we're going into it. So you know every every time I talk, I want to talk about something. I want to add another layer of reasons why the electorate out there needs to vote for a Democrat and. And I want to talk to the guy in the trailer with his AR-15 and a couple other guns that has a job making seven dollars and a quarter or eight and a quarter, and can't get by. That's the guy I want to talk to, who's going to end up voting for uh, for a Republican for president and uh, for for the other offices. He's voting against himself. He is the guy that that respectfully is felony stupid. And that's the guy I want to talk to to try to turn him around to explain that he needs to vote in his best interest, which is getting a living wage where he can support his family with his children can go to school without a, uh, being and get into a college and a community college at a, a low or nominal tuition and grow and prosper in this new economy because the jobs are all going to be computer jobs, service jobs, these are these are where we are. And jobs of, of you know, there's still going to be la- hard labor jobs of installing all of this infrastructure and the construction of the infrastructure. It's all there. But it's not going to work without laws. It just can't work. Right. Well, and, and over the years, again, if, if as people if people want to do their, their history – uh, the, the research on history, you can see that laws were the only things that made these things, these changes come about. Uh, you mentioned the, the child labor laws, uh, you know, and, and some of these other laws that have been put into place uh, for the betterment of humanity, uh, not, you know, not uh, to help a lawyer uh, get rich as 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 uh, some insurance companies uh, like to promote. Uh, but because these laws were needed to protect us, to protect the citizens, and and we have to have. I mean, the ever you know, Hammurabi's Code and the uh, Ten Commandments and the uh, U.S. Constitution and the Magna Carta. All these laws were laws that are put in to protect us. Otherwise, we would we would all still be living out in in chaos. And it's, yes, it's not absolutely. what we and it, we can't do that. And especially in, in the world we live in now, where there is a, a crisis in terms of, of climate change, where we can people there will be millions of jobs to correct what we have to, to 
plant the trees in the right place to do the kind of agriculture that, that helps us to, to change over into a more friendly um, economy and a more friendly environment to reduce our overall CO2 emissions. California is going to be carbon neutral in the next 10 years. And, and, you know, there's no reason that the rest of the country can't do the same. There's, there's just ways to do it. And it's, it's not because we, you know, we have, we're overtaxed and overburdened. We're taxed and we're burdened, but it all goes back into the system. And so right. it's, it's a it's a good system. I mean, we pay a, a gasoline tax that uh, probably have the highest gasoline uh, uh, price in the country. I you know pay almost four dollars, but it all by law has to go back in to build the infrastructure for the for automobiles. So um, right. it, it all it all works itself out. There there's a you know a give and a take to it all. So there's reasons behind right. all of these things. Right, and there has to be that give and take. Uh, you know, there, there's nothing for free. If you know, and so people are constantly talking about you know our our taxes increasing, and and you know what, nobody wants to pay more taxes. But at the same time, I don't want to drive on a on a on a road that's unsafe. Uh, I don't want uh, kids, you know, on a school bus that's unsafe. Uh, you know, and the list goes on. You you have to. It is a give and take system. And I like the fact that, you know, as, as you said at the beginning of the show, look, it's an adversarial system. It's, 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 that's the system that we have. You respect that. And it's up to us. The, the great thing about it, Norm, is that it's up to us. We can vote with our pocketbooks. We can make sure that we are protected. And, and that's really it, uh, how simple it is. It's not that complicated. It's not that complicated, and it, it comes down, and people get get brainwashed from you know ads on TV and ads on the internet, and and you know it's 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 certainly there's there's always a good argument the other way when you ignore what what's happening on the ground. You can make you know good arguments. Oh, we we want corporations to be free to be able to make their own decisions and and not burdened with government laws and you know to make as much money as possible for their shareholders and you know all these things sound great but they're not when you look down right. and you, you know you peel away the outside of the onion you see inside the the rot that they're causing because they can't pay people a living wage you know we have to to you know Get, you know, a rising tide floats all ships. We have to look at, at, you know, where we are as a people in America, you know, where where we want to be. And I think we, you know, where we are is is not where we want to be. And where we're headed right now is not where we want to head. And so we would need to, to, to make a change here. And the Republican Party is, in, in my view, it's just not the party that's going to have that change. And, and my view of, of, of President Trump is, is that he's not the person we want as an example for our kids in the White House. He's a liar. He's a cheat. He's a thief. He's dishonest. He's bad, bad mouth. I don't want my grandchildren uh, to be exposed to that any more than they already are. This is we need somebody that that it, at least has some respect for decorum and some respect for the rest of the people in this country and doesn't call everybody uh, names. And and so 
I mean, just as 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 a bottom, and I I know the Republicans put up with him because he he does their bidding for them. I you know understand that because it's an adversary system, but I don't know how they can continue to do it, and I don't know how if you're a laborer, if you're not a CEO or an owner of a company or or own assets or heavily invested in the stock market, I don't know how you can can vote for someone like that. I really don't. Absolutely. Hey, Norm, we're out of time. I want to thank you so much for stopping by. Looking forward to talking to you real soon. Yeah, we'll talk to you real soon, and uh, we'll continue this conversation, and hopefully uh, we'll get in a position where people will start to understand that they need to to vote in their own self-interest this next election. Absolutely. Good stuff there from Norm Blumenthal. Norm Blumenthal, if you have questions about uh, – labor laws. If you have questions about consumer rights, you can check them out at BAMLawCA.com. That's BAM, B-A-M, LawCA.com. And as always, guys, thank you so much for listening and supporting our show. Thank you so much for um, your comments. If, uh, and also, thank you for sending in your quote of the day. I appreciate that very much. So if you have a specific quote that you want me to say on the air, if I if I use your quote, you'll get some nice Money for Lunch swag. Um, if you have a show suggestion, a guest suggestion, send them my way. Love to get that information. And, again, thank you so much. Let's share this episode with everyone we know. As always, my friends, remember you were created to succeed. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.